I'm Alex Mito. And I'm James Milley. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan because we are back from summer vacation and what a summer it's been. We went down to Bonaire in the Dutch Caribbean. I was in Provincetown for a week and we're excited to be back here in New York City with you today. We're also really excited to be less than 30 days from our first New York City art fair since 2019. We've locked down an incredible venue just blocks away from Bryant Park with 20,000 square feet on Fifth Avenue in Midtown. We're going to be there from September 30th to October 3rd with 150 artists and over 5,000 collectors who are hungry and excited to buy your work. The fair is over 90% full, but we've got a very small handful of booths available in each program. We wanted to open it up to our ABP listeners and give some of you the opportunity to exhibit with us. If you want to learn more about how to apply and schedule a call with James, you can visit www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. We've got less than 10 booths left and applications will have a hard close on September 21st. So hurry up and book your call so we can start promoting you and your art today. And as you know, if you've been listening to us, but if you're new here, I'm Alex Mito. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair. Superfine, we're the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S., and we're also one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. Today, we've got Alan Bamberger with us here on the mic. Alan is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to present and appraise art. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to hear what he has to say. Alan Bamberger is a consultant, advisor, appraiser, and writer, and runs the website artbusiness.com. He provides complete art consulting and consulting and advisory services for artists, collectors, inheritors, and anyone else with art-related matters that they need professional input on. He's also the author of The Art of Buying Art, which is a title that I love and can totally get behind. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Alan. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. So before we dive into our questions, I want to ask you something that helps our listeners get to know you. The question is, what is the earliest memory that you have of art? The earliest memory I have of art would probably be something nondescript hanging in my parents' home, in our home, when I was growing up. And to tell the truth, I can't even remember what it was because uh, art was not a central or even a minor aspect of my upbringing at that time. So you would say it was art in your home, but it's sort of that classic American, like you have something on the walls, but like your parents aren't actually quote unquote collectors kind of experience. Correct. I will add that I realized in art class, I guess it might've been in sixth grade that I had a particular talent. And through the next couple of years, I took art classes and was actually, uh, my work was actually entered into several competitions, uh, one international and one, or one national and one regional. And I won, uh, I won some sort of award in each one of those. I love it. Do you remember any of the pieces that you made in those classes? Anyone you could, that comes to mind for you? One that I made in sixth grade was a very elaborate drawing of, I believe, an Egyptian person, perhaps a pharaoh or something like that. And that was recognized in the sixth grade art show. The others were more abstract pieces that were made with a variety of atypical ingredients at the time, like uh, toothbrushes and uh, other non-art 
non-art materials and uh, tools, and those were also exhibited. Abstract expressionism was a, a big deal at that time, I suppose, although I didn't even know what it was. I love it. Abstract expressionism. We could also call that mixed media collage with the toothbrushes. Very cool. So Alan, what are some top tips you have for an artist who's writing or speaking about their art? The first one would be to keep it short, keep it concise, and keep it on a level that anybody can understand. You can get to the more complicated matters or the more kind of art jargon later, but at the beginning, you want to reach out to all possible individuals with all levels of art education or lack of art education who may be in some way attracted to your work. Yeah, I just want to chime in here. I, I love that short, concise, and on a level that anyone can understand. And I find personally, I'm a collector and I love collecting art. And I'll find artists who maybe just got out of art school or whatever, and they've got this website that's super minimal. And it just has this sort of like jargony artist statement that I'm just like, I can't attach to this. I don't see where I intersect with this work. And that can be very off-putting. There's also like, I'd say an element of maybe you do want to qualify who buys your work when you're at maybe at a certain level, whatever. But as you're trying to garner that audience, I just, I couldn't agree with you more. Just writing and speaking about your work in a way that people can actually latch onto I, is so important. So I've, I've definitely seen the opposite of that. And it's, it's, it can be very off-putting as a collector. So thank you for sharing that, Alan. As kind of a follow-up to that question, when you're helping artists analyze how they present their work to the public, do you have like a top three or top five things that you look for in a successful presentation? In presenting the work overall, I think the most important is organizing it in a way, and once again, we get back to the last answer here, organizing in a way that makes sense uh, visually, to anybody who happens to uh, come onto your website or your social media or wherever, or at physical locations, in a sense, curating what you have. And when necessary, providing brief uh, explanations or introductions to the work wherever you're presenting it so that people have just a grip, just enough to feel some level of confidence that they understand it, or that by asking a question or two or three, they will be able to reach that level of understanding that they want to reach, whatever their requirements are, and also having the confidence and the courage to approach the artist and talk with them about it. So the easier you make it for people, the more inclined they'll be to engage. Guys, the easier you make it, for your audience, the more likely they are to engage and organize your work in a way that makes sense visually to anyone who might be encountering it, whether that's virtually online or whether it's in an art fair, in a gallery setting, whatever it may be, just organizing in a way that makes sense visually, and then providing that brief explanation or introduction, the context that gives people that grip on the work and the confidence to come up to you and talk to you about it. For me, coming from both a collector and an organizer of art fairs perspective, I could not agree with you more on that, Alan. We, we help all of our artists curate their booths, and we often get people who come in and they're like, I want to do this like floor-to-ceiling hang or this like, you know, I only want to bring in big pieces or whatever. But we always encourage artists to 
organize their work in a way that each piece gives context to the other pieces and that it makes sense to someone who walks in that we're not throwing in a collection that you made 15 years ago next to something that you made yesterday, that there's this kind of narrative thread through your presentation that people can just grab onto. So you deal with a lot of art buyers. What is one of the most common questions that new art buyers typically ask? Maybe someone who has never considered themselves a collector before, what would be a question they might ask? Is it worth the price? That's an easy one. In answer to that question, the artist has to be able to speak about their pricing, how they arrived at the prices they arrived at, have some documentation either on hand physically or be able to speak about it in terms of why that price makes sense, how they justify it. Yeah. And and I think that's one of those sort of elephants in the room, right? Because it's the question that we don't want to address as the artist, but we kind of have to address because you have to remember the person walking in there, especially if they're a new art buyer, which I've built an art fair on new art buyers. So we don't want to discount them and, you know, be like, well, you must have some type of education in order to buy this. They're going to come and they're going to ask that question. And I have a lot of friends who are outside of the art world and that's their question. Like, is this really worth it? Like, couldn't I, and I'm, I'm being a little candid here, but the last thing's like, couldn't I just make this myself? Or couldn't I just, you know, have this made somehow? I would even say like, write those questions down, confront them. If they make you feel something like, let that feeling come in, let it pass. And then think about a good response. How is your pricing justified? It's not going to be the same for every artist. So what would you say are some of the, you know, top things artists, you know, could say in response to that question, Alan? Well, the most important ingredient here is how they say it. They have to, uh, just like with explaining their art or introducing their art, they have to explain their prices in terms anyone can understand. And that means concretely. Now, if you're just starting out, perhaps you might explain it in terms of hours it took to make, cost of materials, so that someone could possibly in their head divide things out and see, well, how much is this person making per hour? Do I regard that as a reasonable hourly wage? You you could do that. Other components, uh, factors to take into consideration would be what similar artists uh, in the same area or region who make similar work charge for their art. And the most important aspect here is your resumes have to be similar. If your work looks like Picasso, for example, to use an absurd comparison, or even if it's better than Picasso, you can't charge Picasso prices because Picasso has a very large resume. Ultimately, the most important factor in determining prices turns out to be the resume. And by resume, I mean a track record of successful shows, sales, distinctions, awards, reviews, interviews, inclusions with particular other artists in certain special events, that kind of thing. These types of measures you accrue over time. So, you know, have a a method to how you're pricing the work and what that could be based on the hours you put into it. It could be based on the materials. It could also be based on comparables, comparable artists. And if you're going to be using the comparable method, then you should have comparable resumes. 
I, I'm the kind of person that when you have your CV printed out at a booth at an art fair and you hand it to me, I don't look, I get turned off. I, I don't really want a, a three-part stapled piece of paper with a lot of information on it. I'm just there to like visually enjoy the experience. So I would say maybe have a, a rehearsed, like, you know, we, they call it an elevator pitch, but maybe something even simpler that just is explains who you are, what you've done, you know, give me some context for that so that when I'm buying this piece that might be, you know, 12 inches by 12 inches, maybe I know that you did an amazing mural somewhere. Maybe I know that you, you know, have art in different collections that I'm interested in. So having that kind of rehearse where you can actually tell it to me or sum it up very easily is going to make a big difference in me understanding your pricing in comparison to other artists. I wanted to mention something about whether you want to see the resume or not. Here's when I want to see the resume. If the pricing is beyond a certain threshold, I kind of use the term premium pricing. If the artist is premium pricing their art beyond physical characteristics, then I want to see the artist track record. I want to ask a couple of questions. I mean, to me, an artist resume is like uh, ultimately like deciding whether to invest in a particular company or not. I kind of want to see the specs first before I go ahead and do that. Not to reduce the idea of buying art to investment, but rather am I paying a fair price now based on the accomplishments of the artist to this point? This is when the price passes a certain threshold. Usually with me, if it's not terrifically obvious from looking at the art itself, it's usually uh, in the uh, low mid thousands of dollars, $2,000 and up. The more expensive the art, the more important the resume, the more I wanna do my research and really understand uh, what I'm acquiring before I acquire it. I, I would agree that, so the more expensive the art, the more important that resume and that context is to the buyer understanding the art and I totally agree with you, Alan. And, and you know, mine may be a bit of a personal preference, but I, I like the idea of people having, you know, both a verbal way of explaining it, but also having that physical backup, you know, for the person who does want to see more information, especially if it's a beyond a certain price threshold. So guys, we're going to come right back and Alan is going to tell you more about what you want to know about appraising and evaluating art and much more. But first, a message from our sponsors. Artists. Have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. So we are back with Alan Bamberger here. Alan, what are three ways that an art buyer can evaluate art like a professional? Number one would be to speak with the artist, ask the artist whatever questions you want to ask. Don't be afraid to ask the artist 
questions. It's like any other product you were buying in your life. It depends on your, it also depends on how much you know about art and um, how much, how familiar you are with the artist. If you're already familiar with the artist and you uh, know about art and you've got some experience collecting and you don't have to spend this time. But if you have any doubts whatsoever, you're unsure, you want to do a little legwork in advance. Now, at an art fair, uh, it's a little difficult to do this on the fly. You could do something on your phone or you could just say, uh, can you hold this for me for a day or something like that? Or take your chances and, and don't be concerned that this is the only one I'm ever going to get a chance to purchase. Sometimes buyers back themselves into that corner, especially less experienced buyers. There's plenty of art out there. Take your time. Look at plenty of art. Look at all the art you need to look at in order to be able to zero in on what you really love, what type of art you really love. Save the impulse buying, which can sometimes be a very powerful influence on your decision-making process. Kind of save that until you're really sure of what direction you want to go in and what you're looking for. So one thing you can do as an art buyer is speak with the artist and don't be afraid to ask questions. And as the artist, when you're at a fair or any in-person kind of setting, be aware that that's, you know, a good thing. If people are asking you questions, because you should have the answers and they want to know if they're serious about buying it and doing some research. And again, you know, as that's a good lesson for both the buyer end and the artist end. If you need to take that time and at least ask the artist if they're okay with you holding it for a certain amount of time, nothing egregious. We're not talking two weeks, a month, whatever, just a day or however long it takes you to kind of get your feet wet in that artist's work and kind of understand where they're at and whether or not that's something you want to buy. Again, this one I like a lot and I'll, and I'll say it as for a buyer, but then give you a bit of an example for artists as well. So don't be concerned. This is the only one you'll find. Take your time, look at plenty of art and zero in what you really love, kind of seeing that from an art fair perspective, we'll sometimes have artists who exhibit at Superfine. And at the end of a weekend, they're like, oh my God, I didn't, you know, I didn't sell $30,000 in art this weekend. And the answer is that's okay, because that's not how people typically buy art. I mean, you will get impulse buys. You Sometimes day one, you'll sell a $10,000 piece in the first 20 minutes. It happens. But I would not bank on it. I had dinner with two collectors the other night in, I have a home in Shelter Island, a couple hours from New York City, had dinner with two collectors that I didn't know. I'd met online and they found out we lived there, long story, but they had been to Superfine three years prior. And at Superfine, they bought a small piece from an artist. Over the past three years, they have bought numerous pieces from that artist, numerous sizes, price points, and so on. So sometimes it takes people a little while to develop that relationship with you. So as an artist, when you're in an in-person setting, building those relationships and understanding that people may not be buying on impulse, they might be taking their time evaluating other art that's out there, both within whatever exhibition you're in and outside of it, and then coming back to you in the future. So that's my kind of takeaway there, Alan, from what you said about just you know how buyers often look at art. Uh, right. I want to sort of piggyback on that one. Yes, a lot of people tend to start small and they want to live with it and they want to follow the artist's trajectory. They want to communicate with the artist from time to time and they just want to see how things go. Ultimately, in a relationship that progresses to buying multiple pieces of art, 
from a particular artist, a lot of stuff has to work. Most per- most importantly, the interactions, the communications, uh, the understanding uh, that, that they see eye to eye, that they really love what the artist is doing and where the artist is going. Now, on the flip side, just to get into a little negative stuff for a moment, things that I generally don't recommend for artists when engaging in person with uh, or online or any other places with uh, interested buyers is to be offended by a particular question or get defensive or give an answer like it means whatever you want it to mean or that's what I think it's worth. As soon as you get into territory like that and you inject a little bit of uh, kind of negativity into the interaction, that spills over onto the art. I see it in the art and I only want to be reminded of good stuff generally, when I, when I decide to, uh, if I decide to buy a piece of art. So that's really important. People are entitled to ask whatever questions they want to ask. And regardless of how uninformed those questions may be, and uh, you get a lot of the uninformed questions or just questions you, you kind of wonder, what are you thinking that you would even ask that? You do your best to answer them respectfully and in ways that uh, uh, the questioner really appreciates. And I will add that good artists, uh, I mean experienced artists who've been around for a while, know how to do that very well. I, I love that you highlighted that, Alan, because that I will say, I mean, I have, I don't even know at this point, but probably around 400 pieces of art. And I, 395 of them I love and love looking at every single day. And maybe the only like four or five that I've ever taken down and put away are because of interactions I had with the artist that kind of made me feel a little funny or negative. And this is something you live with and ostensibly for your entire life, like as long as your house doesn't burn down or whatever happens. But ostensibly, when you buy art, you're going to have it. And you might even pass it on to your children. So to look at that, you, you're seeing the person and it needs to be a positive thing. So any kind of negativity that you're installing into a conversation with an, with a buyer is not going to go in your favor. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's kind of a, you know, a, a difficult point, but I think it's an important one. So how does an art appraiser or how is an art appraiser helpful in the collecting world? Like how do, how do you facilitate collecting? Well, I don't necessarily facilitate collecting. I do appraisals for lots of different reasons. For example, uh, for an insurance policy, perhaps art gets damaged or destroyed or stolen. So I'll have to get do some sort of a replacement value appraisal. Maybe there's a divorce. Maybe there's a fight. Maybe, maybe they want to sell it. That's a really important one. How do I sell it? Where do I sell it? What are my options? How do I uh, decide how much to ask for it? How do I decide how much to ultimately sell it for? Uh, With artists, on the other hand, artists who, especially those who don't have a lot of experience pricing, I approach it from a totally different perspective. And I do price consulting with artists all the time. In fact, I do a half hour price consult regularly cost $75, a little plug for myself, apologize for that, but it's something I do. And I help artists understand how to price their work, not only current work that they have for sale, 
but whatever they uh, are producing into the future. I go over their prices now. I may make recommendations as to go a little higher or a little lower or say everything is just fine. And also most important part of that is that I talk about how an artist might justify whatever prices they're asking, should anyone ask, and how they might justify that in terms that the uh, questioner can uh, understand, identify with, and appreciate, and go ahead and make the purchase. First of all, Alan, no apology needed on that. I think that's an amazing opportunity for our listeners out there who I I would honestly say so many artists need that little bit of consultation on their pricing and also how to respond to those questions about why something is priced that way. Is there a particular call to action that you want to share with our listeners so that they could take advantage of that service? A call to action. There's a, uh, there is a services page on my website, list services for artists, services for collectors. My website is artbusiness.com. There's also a huge section of uh, free articles, free content for artists, and also one for collectors. And there's also my book, The Art of Buying Art, which is uh, a very good primer for anyone who is starting out buying art and would like to feel that they have an understanding, a basic understanding of the art world before they go out and start spending money. I love that. Thank you, Alan. So... To all of you business artists out there who listen today, Alan has been here with us sharing his amazing perspective on the art business. You're definitely going to want to go back, listen to the show, and take notes, which you can do on our website at www.superfine.world. And to connect with Alan, you can visit him at Alan Bamberger on Instagram and visit www.artbusiness.com. And again, click that artist services at the top, and you'll be able to find a link to his consulting on pricing, which is great. As always, remember that we are Super Fine Art Fair on Instagram, and we always appreciate when you share us anytime you're listening to, enjoying, benefiting from the artist business plan. I know a lot of you listen in your studio. We love seeing your Instagram stories, so be sure to tag us, and we'll obviously restore you. And one other thing we always appreciate is if you take just a moment of your time and write us a review or give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or any other listening platform, but Apple is our biggest one, those ratings and reviews are critical in helping other artist entrepreneurs like yourselves find us. And as always, I would like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. And today the quote is, the secret of success is to do the common things uncommonly well. That's John D. Rockefeller. Alan, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. We're grateful to you for that. I appreciate your having me. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity. And I wish you all the best, especially you artists out there who are uh, looking to move along and onward and upwards with your careers. Thank you, Alan. And everybody else, have an awesome rest of your day. Remember to stay on top of your artist business plan and get out there and make it happen for yourselves. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this in all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at Superfine Art Fair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. 
Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Just shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.